0: Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've had a full day of church already with that great praise music. I set in on Pastor Raymond's service, so I'm ready to go. I might be a little fired up today. All right. We're continuing in our series on Enough. Um, For those that kind of knew, we have some visitors. So when you leave today, look around, see if you see some new faces and greet them. In um, our series on enough is really I was thinking about it has three kind of aspects to it that we're going to hear throughout and one is what well, we've been focusing on this first part is that when that Jesus is enough he is enough to fulfill all of our desires our needs our fulfillment our happiness and we're not going to find that anywhere else in the world so now we're not going to find that through money through material through wealth through power, um, that will never satisfy fully like Jesus will. And I, I can testify to that. I've lived a uh, life, uh, I wasn't a Christian when I was in my younger years, and lived for the world, in the world, have gone all over the place, um, and achieved some things that I sought to achieve. But every time I got there, I thought, hey, this is, this is going to be it. If I could just get here. If I could just get here. And every time when I got there on some occasions, it was good for a while, but then there was emptiness. The only thing over the years that, has, that is always enough is my relationship with Christ. Um, but, but the second aspect of that, Jesus is enough, is that often... We, because of our free will and our strong will and our stubbornness, our humanness, we often will search throughout the world on our own power to fill that empty void in our heart. And it's only when we come to the end of the road where we say, That's, I've had enough. Oftentimes, it's when somebody has bottomed out or they're depressed, or they're just one thing after another, and they say, I, I've had enough, I'm going to reach for the one that is enough. And then we'll get in a little later in the series, um, and we'll talk about when God has had enough. And that's a little ominous, but we'll, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let that build. All right, so today we are looking at Jesus healing a leper. Uh, This comes out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, beginning in verse 40. Listen for the word of the Lord. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to him. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. This is the word of God for the people of God. So we, what we are going, for those that are going through uh, the Bible in 120 days, uh, this kind of lines up as we talk about being clean and unclean, right? We just went through Leviticus um, this week, and we're going to go through Numbers and Deuteronomy. Um, and it's all really good stuff, but it, it has to do with all these rules, regulations, the Mosaic law about clean and unclean. Uh, don't be defiled. All right? That's one of the things, as I read through it again in Leviticus, it stuck out to me that really a lot of the, the one of the big messages of all the laws, the Mosaic laws, don't defile yourself. All right? Don't don't. God has given us this gift, this body, this mind, this soul, and we come up. Now we have free will as a, a an infant when we're born, and that I always call it like an inactive virus. All right, we were all born with it. It says we all have it, that ability to sin. But as a baby, we're, we're precious, we're innocent, we're pure, and then we begin to grow up, and the world interacts with us, and we interact with the world, and it activates that virus, and that will. I mean, I always say, as an example, what's oftentimes the first words of a child? Mine, or no. It's either selfish or defiant, right? So it's it's in, we're all born with it. But when we have that kind of will that will eventually be activated, then the goal is to try to grow and not defile it. Don't misshape it. And that's why we have to be careful about what we watch, what we put into our minds, what we put into our souls, what we do. And as we grow, we have more and more challenges that we don't defile this, this gift that God gives us. Now, in Jesus Christ, this is part of our story, he can be, you can be healed. You can be made clean. So we look at this, and it's interesting, especially for those Bible scholars now that have been through Leviticus and are in Numbers. I'm sure that you noticed that Jesus, on one hand, ignored the Mosaic law, and on the other hand, he fulfilled it. So how did he fulfill it? He said, after he healed them, he said, Go, tell the priests, offer the sacrifices that you do for the cleansing, as it says in Leviticus. He didn't say that part, but Bible scholars know that, right? It was in Leviticus. But what did he do that was against the Mosaic law? He touched a leper, right? He was unclean. He's supposed to stay away from everybody, everything. And you're supposed to stay away from them to prevent spread, right? That's, that's why. But Jesus touched them. And Jesus did a lot of stuff that didn't seem like it jived with Mosaic Law, but Jesus was different than everybody else. Jesus didn't have to follow the law in the sense that they understood it. Because understand, uh, we talk about this, and you'll see that if you're going through the Bible on 120 days, you will see that um, the, the movement from the Old Testament to the New Testament is from the physical world to the spiritual world. So go to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, if you, you have heard it said, thou shall not murder. That's a law against violence and death and murder. It's a physical act. Jesus says, but I say to you, don't have anger in your heart. That's where it starts. That's where the seeds are planted. He says, thou shall not commit adultery. You have heard it said. Jesus says, don't lust in your heart. You don't have lust in your heart. You're never going to get to that. And then we hear Paul's teaching about the, in Galatians and Romans about the law and the spirit, that you're not, no longer under the law because we now live by the Spirit. Do you, do you say, does that mean that the law is bad? No, the law is good. The law was given to help people to, in, in social lives, in their own personal lives, in living in community, in worshiping God. It was given as an aid. So it's not bad, it's spiritual at its core. But we've talked about this. When you have the Spirit of Christ in you, you no, no, no longer need the law to tell you don't do that now we don't always walk according to the spirit so one of the purposes of the law is to govern uh, as, as he says in galatians is a placeholder until jesus and the holy spirit comes to share with us the very nature of god and how to live with one another so he says it's not bad but it can't save you and so the law is not bad But we don't always live by that, right? There's days I'm walking by the Spirit, and I'm kind in word and deed, and the Spirit is so full of me, I don't need anybody to tell me how to act. But then there's other days, things get to me. I forget, I'm not connected to God, and The law is absent, or the Spirit is absent in my life. That's when I need the law to come in. That's what I need to be reminded. And then when I struggle to try to fulfill I go, oh, wait, I don't have to do that. I I don't have to do that on my own power. I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me that will help me fulfill that. And so this, this movement from the physical to the spiritual uh, it has to do with the law, but it has to do with what Jesus is talking about here. And Jesus is the one that is going to come and be that door, be that person which allows us to enter into a relationship with God and allows God's spirit to come in to us. So that's why Jesus is not worried about the unclean. We talked about that last week. Jesus doesn't worry about the unclean or touching the unclean. Now, the law we need to be, that's what the law was given. Don't touch a leper if you don't want leprosy, right? But we need to take that and follow that movement from the physical. Don't touch a leper because you might get leprosy. That physical rule, and that will make you unclean physically, but we need to be mindful of that spiritually. See, Jesus is not worried about touching the unclean because why? He came to make the unclean clean. If I touch unclean, if I interact with unclean, it's a good chance I'm gonna be unclean. But Jesus came to make the unclean clean and not just physically, spiritually. Remember Mark 2, paralytic, Jesus heals his body because he says, I got a greater power so that you know I have a greater power that I can heal your soul, that I can make your unclean spirit, your selfishness, your unclean soul, and I can make it clean. So Jesus came to make the unclean clean, and we have to remember that the law was made for us, and, and we're no longer under the law, but you know what's a good idea? Don't mix with unclean. Don't defile yourself. Don't take in stuff. Uh, My wife, she used to always want to go to see horror movies, which I never understood. Well, because she never watched them. She was like this the whole time, or I'm going to the bathroom. And I said, where have you been? Oh, I was in the bathroom. For an hour? But she never... So we don't go anymore. Really, we don't really watch them. <clears throat> well, I guess no one really goes to the movie anymore, huh? But I remember this was a long time ago. I can't remember what stupid show it was. We went to the movies. And it was pretty harsh, violent, kind of scary. And I remember, the, I guess it was a Holy Spirit moment because I was preoccupied. I couldn't look at anything else. I saw this kid like seven years old in there. And I just kept watching him and watching. I was just thinking, what is this doing to his soul? What is that, this being poured into him? I don't understand what's going on here. No, he can't. This is bothering me. What's it doing to him? And we have to be mindful of that. We have to be mindful about what we're putting into our spirits and into our soul. Not just watching, but what do we do for our hobbies? What are we, how, I I got stuck on this this week. How do I defile my body? How do I defile my soul? And I would, would, all week I was just thinking, something I'd watch, I'd see this on TV or see this or have this thought. And I said, that's a defiling thing right there. Don't defile yourself. And I thought, wow, that's easier to live out the law that way. Just don't mess it up. God has given us. I, I thought of this analogy of like whatever your favorite car is. Think about your favorite car. Cadillac or Lincoln, whatever it is, Lamborghini. And just think about that you were given that as a pristine gift. And it was brand new. It had the new car smell. It was spotless. And... All I said is, don't mess it up, you know? And then you come in three months later and there's fast food wrappers and food all in the crevices and something's ripped and there's some kind of weird smell and the window doesn't work. And it's just got all this junk. It It has become a junkyard. And all you had to do, you didn't have to do anything, just not defile it. Just don't mess it up. And that's what God's saying to us. And that's what we have to think. God has given us this gift, this soul, this body, this mind. And all he's asking it is, don't mess it up. I will edify it. I will make it clean. But you don't defile it. Because Jesus came to make the unclean clean. And he healed this man. And he tells this man, go, show yourself to the priest, follow Mosaic law, because he's not Jesus, and they're still under it at this time. And so the man, and then he also tells him, but don't tell anybody. Don't say it to anybody. And the man promptly, obediently, or disobediently, goes out and tells everybody. Tells everybody. And that tells us a few things. It tells us, well, really, I looked at it and I was like, this is like a pre-proclamation of the gospel. I was unclean. I met Jesus and had an experience with Jesus, and Jesus made me clean. But the only problem is Jesus said, don't do that. And it was a timing issue, right? It wasn't time for him to be there. He didn't need people coming to him. Remember what we talked about in the first miracle? Is that the miracles are not an end of themselves. There are always, Jesus' miracles are always to prove a greater point or have a bigger picture, a bigger lesson. And so he goes out and begins to tell everybody what Jesus did, which is great, but it also tells us that he didn't fully understand who Jesus was. He knew him. He was unclean. He was a leper. And he knew that he made him clean, that he saved him. But he didn't know he was God. He didn't know he was Messiah. He didn't know him as Lord because he was, didn't obey him. He just thought that it was this guy that had this gift. And man, thank you. And then he went out and proclaimed. See, he didn't have the knowledge that we have. Just like last week, we talked about uh, the woman with the hemorrhage coming to Jesus to be healed as the last resort. She had been through everything else as last resort, and she had an excuse about Jesus' Why he was her last resort, but what is ours? That we shouldn't make Jesus our last resort? Same thing. He has an excuse because the fullness of the gospel and who Jesus Christ was has not been revealed at this time. But what is our excuse? You know, we, a lot of us, we love to proclaim Jesus as Savior. Yes, I've been saved. Yes, I go to church. Yes, Jesus Has changed my life? Yes, yes, yes. I love Jesus as Savior. We love Jesus as Savior. We love to be cleansed and forgiven in grace and mercy. But do we know Jesus as Lord? Ooh, as Pastor Raymond said, got got quiet, right? (laughs) Right? I mean, if we're honest... There's some days, there's some weeks, I act like he's my Lord. There's other weeks, I act like he's my last resort. I appreciate him as Savior to ease my mind, ease my conscience. And as pastors, we see it a lot, don't we, Raymond? That people come and they pour your, their hearts out. They pour their hearts out, and they're hurting, and they need God, and they need the healing and forgiveness that God gives. I counseled this a long time ago, so no one will know who this is, but I counseled a woman who had an affair on her husband, and it caused a divorce, and she was hurting. I met with her several times, and she cried, and she cried, and we prayed, and we talked about uh, forgiveness and grace and mercy. And boy, she was at church all the time. But when she got that hurt healed, she was gone. Didn't see her again. Heard some more troubles later on in her life. But see, Jesus just doesn't want to come and clean up our messes. Just when we get sick or unclean or defiled to clean us up, he He will. He did it with the Israelites all the time, right? Return to me and I will return to you. And that's the same goes for you and for me. We can go out, backslide, defile ourselves, become unclean, and Jesus will heal us. But that's not what he wants. He wants to be our savior, but then just like I shared with the kids, he wants to pull us out of the pool, but then teach us how to swim so it doesn't happen again. But how that does is we live with Jesus as Lord. That keeps us from defiling ourselves. That keeps us from making ourselves unclean. You know, when you are angry, when you are sad, depressed, 99% of the time, it's because there's something not right with your spirit. And so you come to church, Or you don't come to church, but you you go and you find that healing, you find that forgiveness, and you're like, whew, thank you. And we go out and do the same thing again. So our message today is, man, yes, we can sit here and we can praise Jesus as Savior. And we should. Because he, I don't know about you, he has made the unclean clean. Clean in my situation. Now, I just need to obey him so I don't become, get in that mess again. So don't just worship him as savior, but follow him as Lord. And that will be more than enough to keep you clean. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come to your table, we are reminded of your love and your forgiveness. That you came and you've taken the defiled person, the unclean person because of sin and selfishness, and you have healed them and made them clean. You have raised them up to new life, abundant life, eternal life. And Lord, we praise you for your act on the cross that made you our Savior. But Lord, help us to follow faithfully as our Lord. That we might be obedient, knowing you don't call us to obedience to be a tyrant or because uh, you want to lord it over us. But that so we can have a clean and undefiled life, that we can receive the blessings that you want to bestow on us. Lord, help us to serve you not worship you and serve you not just as savior but as lord it's in jesus name amen